0: Hey there, my name is Matt Rappolt and welcome to Midtown Conversations here on Midtown Radio. Today, we're bringing you a special conversation submitted by one of our volunteer contributors, Melissa Bowman. In this clip, Melissa sits down with Kitchener resident, Brooklyn Wallace, who is running for city council in the 2022 municipal election. Brooklyn is a trans woman and she discusses how she became engaged in local politics, as well as some of the barriers that trans people can face when running for elected office. Here is their conversation.
1: You're listening to Midtown Radio, and I'm Melissa Bowman. For those who know me, you know my passion is local politics. I follow local council meetings closely and often spend more time than I'd like to admit reading through staff reports on a wide variety of local issues. So as you can imagine, municipal elections are of great interest to me. I'm particularly interested in things like what motivates people to put their name forward for a council or trustee position, what barriers people face in doing so, and what can be done to encourage others to run, especially those who are often underrepresented in the political realm. So with that in mind, today I am chatting with Brooklyn Wallace, who is a first time candidate. Welcome Brooklyn. Thank you. So let's jump right into it. Have, have you always been interested in local politics? Pretty much. Uh,
2: my my father growing up, he was a part of the downtown council. Okay. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, Ontario. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where the name comes from. Interesting. Uh, he was always super involved with all of that, uh, uh, all of the stuff that was happening downtown. I saw him on TV a couple times, um, doing city council meetings or, or doing just like talk sort of things. Yes. Uh And at the time, I was way too young to actually care. Yeah, and uh, get what's happening. Uh, be like, to oh, yes. my dad's on TV, <laughs> yes. and he's talking about the most boring stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm going to change the channel to Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> Amazing. Like there was always that sort of uh, atmosphere okay. of of caring about the the local community growing up. Then I moved, yeah, and a whole bunch of stuff happened. And as I was settling down in the region, yes, um, with my wife and my friends and everything like that, I started to to see. Uh, those same passions from my father uh, popping up in me. I didn't realize until I was already, I didn't even remember, uh, until I was already, like, starting to get involved and starting to, like, had decided to run. Yes. Um, That I was like, oh... I grew up around this, didn't I? It
1: makes sense, then. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, do you feel like there's like family conversations around po- political issues and that type of
2: Definitely. thing? Definitely. Yes. Uh, the, the times have changed in my family okay. uh, a number of times. Yes. After my mom remarried, uh, married a very different politically sided man, yes. and uh, there were more arguments mm-hmm. in the house after that point. I
1: can relate to that. <laughs> I had a similar situation where I'm like, oh, we see the world very differently. Yeah. So,
2: so it was always a topic, um, and something that I felt increasingly passionate about. Okay. Uh, just the, the 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 ways that I disagreed with my parents, or the ways that I disagreed with the way that things were being run.
1: Okay. Well, with that in mind then, um, you know, fast forward to this year, um, was there a specific issue? Was it timing? What What motivated you to put your name forth? Well,
2: I decided to run last year uh, when I thought that the election was last year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that was, I was going by a different name at that point. Yeah. So uh, some things have changed in between then and now, uh, but the Issues that I wanted to run for haven't changed. Okay. Um, Homelessness, uh, seeing the uh, encampments be evicted in Toronto was one of the big things for me. Seeing across the US uh, anti-trans rights bills going across and and spreading like a plague uh, really made me passionate and made me uh, really motivated to stand up for what I believe in Um, and stand up for people who didn't have someone standing up for them. Little did I know that part of the group that I was looking to stand up for, I was a part of that group. I didn't know I was trans until this year. Okay. And I, yeah, I like I, it, it was surprising, but sort of funny being like, I really care about this, mm-hmm. not knowing I mean, like, and really caring about it entirely separately. Right, not as a personal issue
1: necessarily.
2: Yeah, and then it being, like, it becoming personal really changes perspective in a way that I never have had happen to me before.
1: Okay, so then I'm curious. um, So you had some of these issues that you were feeling passionate about and that you were motivated to make change happen. So I think in Waterloo region we have, like, almost 80 different seats between yeah. you know, school board trustee, regional council, um, city council. How do you uh, navigate that system? How did you decide? So you're running um, for Kitchener city council. Um, how did you land on that uh, position? Yeah,
2: I felt disingenuous running for trustee on, on school board because I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids. And even though I do think that it needs a trans voice on the school board, especially after the last couple months, absolutely, um, I just don't think that should be me. Okay. I don't think that can be me. Um, as a person who doesn't like school, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, I have a disability that, may, that did not merge well with the system that I was a part of, and again, I think that voice needs to be on the council, but, uh, not from someone who is so far removed from school, uh, like I am. <laughs> okay.
1: So you ruled out school board trustee fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, so then there's the regional level, there's the, the city level. How did you land where you did?
2: I landed on city because I mean, part of it is just uh, intimidation. Okay. Uh, the regional, campaigns are much bigger and this is my first foray into local politics uh part of it was also like like i am in my community all the time a lot of it was seeing empty buildings uh when we have homeless so many homeless people in the area uh there's one in Ward Ten, that's just a large school that a church owns, right? Uh, that hasn't been touched in I think thirty years. Okay. Uh, there's the in Ward Nine. There's the large factory, the right. tire factory. That yep. part of it, is, part of the property, is still being used. Yes. It seems like, but a lot of it is not. Yeah. And again, that's like a, a really big building. Uh, when we have a thousand homeless people in the region, um, and seeing that made me realize, it, like, I know that that's city council stuff. District planning and zoning is is city council stuff. I was also involved in fifty by thirty Waterloo yeah. with Stephanie Kurtz, mm-hmm. and seeing the fifteen minute neighborhood uh, idea go from like just myself and other people delegating to council. Mm-hmm. To now being a part like it was voted in yesterday right uh or the amendment to actually put the 15- minute council or 15 minute neighborhoods into the regional plan the during the meeting they said like this does not change city councils we have this in place we have this this direction in place but it is going to be up to the cities uh, and the municipalities to actually do it it? yeah okay um and i know that i will do it uh and i can't be sure about everyone right
1: so you've decided to put your name forth um sort of leading up to that did you face any challenges um barriers things that made it tricky
2: when i decided to transition i almost decided not to run partially because of fear of feedback mm-hmm. or not feedback but fear of criticism criticism, and, and just hate um but also fear of being a representative like mm. an early representative i don't feel qualified to do that i'm still new to it and also it being a recent thing i mm-hmm. didn't want people to get the wrong idea that i transitioned so i can be the first trans person right. to run or something yeah, like yeah. that that's not a reason to transition. The media attention that you get from that is not, it's not going to positive. get you more votes mm-hmm. than it will than it would lose. Me. Right. <laughs> but but I was scared of that, and I was scared of the internet. And since then, I have been justified in that, uh, in that fear, and in that the concern. And I've just got a taste of it. Uh, I haven't been targeted like some of our other candidates have.
1: So I guess, first of all, how did you overcome that fear? I mean, you did go ahead with this. So was there something specific? Was it just conversations or, or thinking things through? And the second part of that would be having experienced that. Are there things that you feel could help? I don't know if mitigate's the right word, but yeah. um, just make it easier for people. I mean, like you said, you're scared of the internet. And I think that's a really fair and realistic way of saying it. And I think it's really... You know I think some good things can come out of connecting with people online but unfortunately so much um, you know when you don't see the person behind the screen um, that can really be a I'm not even sure of the word but it, it's just not a good situation for it's a lot really of
2: hate it's really easy to hate someone that you don't see as a person uh, and the internet is really good at making it hard for you to see other people as people, because uh, it's just text. It is really easy to for you to just be like, "Yep, that's from the website," and not like that is a person yes. with their own story who have lived x amount of years. The internet sort of actively prevents you from realizing that um, because our brains really can't handle that. <laughs> like, there's too many people right. for our brains to really conceptualize.
1: Yeah. How, how did you overcome that fear? Yeah.
2: Honestly, the the biggest factor was just my wife and my therapist and my friends um, saying, like, you can't let that stop you. Um, if you have the ability to put up with it, it makes it easier for other people in the future. That's something that I, I think about a lot is, mm-hmm. okay, if none of the trans candidates win, mm-hmm. that it's still... I think three trans candidates who have run that people can look to and look at in the future. Seeing people do it, (laughs) just seeing people do the damn thing uh, can be really encouraging.
1: And I think you sort bear. of touched on, you know, your wife and, and friends um, and having that support network I think is probably really key for it people is when you make that decision.
2: <laughs> I would not be able to do this without my friends and family. I have friends who are able to look at the hate at me instead of me looking at it, yes. so that they can keep an eye out for anything actually dangerous.
1: Yeah, and that's just like a really practical um, thing that can make a huge difference yeah. for a candidate running, right? And,
2: and that's something that I feel like without a really close friend, I wouldn't be able to ask just any acquaintance to do that.
1: Are there things that you think, other than sort of a support network, um, are there other things that, um, maybe candidates as a whole or the system or the you know voters I'm not sure whose responsibility it is that could make the process easier for people especially we know that councils tend to look fairly similar um, and we need more people who are not currently represented to have that, those voices has anything come across your ideas so far that might help that um, to make it easier for future candidates.
2: I think when it comes to the larger level of levels of government it's definitely proportional representation. I think that really the best way to get a more diverse council and a more representative council is having these support networks for strangers, gr- groups that will teach women or teach like racialized communities how to run for council. And hearing stories from people who have run for council, like I said earlier, seeing someone do the damn thing mm-hmm. is is the most powerful motivation to show you that you can do the damn thing. Like part of my ability to do it was was seeing articles about a trans woman in uh, I think Saint John, uh, Newfoundland, okay, um, who won her ward and. There was national headlines about the hate that she was getting and that her like campaign counselor or her campaign manager Mm -hmm. was getting and stuff like that. And seeing that she won, uh, and it was on her second try, but she won, um, is really encouraging. Uh, And seeing like times change bit by bit is really encouraging and I wouldn't be able to do this 20 years ago. And I think, every, I think the last 20 plus years, mm-hmm. the last 50 or Everything 80 that led up years to, yes. that, that has led up to this, from women's movement to trans movements and gay, gay rights movements, yeah. uh, I wouldn't be able to stand up here without the steps that they built. I think that's an excellent point. One thing I did want to mention was you don't need to be highly educated to be a city councillor. When it comes to small local governments, we need a representation of the community and having our council only be people with university degrees and masters or PhDs, um, I mean that it's good that they are educated, but they aren't representative. City staff does so much of the work, Um, the councilor's jobs are to be a trusted voice, they both Represent their community and uh, just through like literally repeating what they've been told by their community members. But they are also a voice that their community voted for and trusting them in the future to be able to make decisions.
1: I think there's definitely a bigger conversation that could be had about, you know, I've chatted with different people and some people just want their elected representative to um vote the way that they would on an issue but what i personally believe is that i want to elect um somebody who i think will weigh all of the information that's presented to them from city staff from the people that they're hearing from in the community um from other cities from you know on any particular issue most of us don't have time to dig in deeply but that's what i want my counselor to do and then weigh that issue so sometimes they will not Vote the way that I want mm-hmm. them, but I hope I can trust them to have weighed all of the information yeah. that they have. And I think too, like education is one of them. Um, I I think all of our current Kitchener counselors are homeowners. Yeah. Um, people who drive like there's all sorts of things you know I would love to have more people who cycle as transportation or ride the bus or uh, rent you know all of those things are not represented very much in our political yeah. sphere and those voices need to be heard too yeah
2: like the city is at least one-third renters right um and that was from the last census okay. uh the new data will be coming out in September right uh but the whole country is one-third renters, that should mean that, like, a third or a third or, or a quarter of, at least a quarter yeah. of uh, the council should be renters or at least be rent people who have a lot of experience with renters and someone who into
1: landlord right <laughs> and we know that you know homeowners tend to vote more and, yeah. and get worried that um you know that we're waiting um a particular voice um when other voices are not being out. and as somebody who's run before i mean it is tricky to get into you know, large multi-residential buildings mm-hmm. um, and and that type of thing. And yes, we know that people who rent may not vote in the same numbers as homeowners. But perhaps if they see themselves reflected in the councils, those well ha- that will help yeah. motivate them to be more engaged in the process. Yeah.
2: There's a reason that racialized communities have, in the past at least, uh, lower voter turnouts. Is because they don't see the representation. It's the same with with young people and like young students and everything
1: i know one of the things that i loved about running um for for local council how much i learned about the whole process um everything that's involved in both running and and some of the trickiness of a uh, regional council and a city council and figuring out who does what and helping other people understand Mm -hmm. that too and just the conversations that you get to have with people i don't know if you've started any door knocking or attending events and stuff, but I I know I always appreciated the time that I actually got to hear from the community that I lived in, like that was a really exciting
2: I'm really excited for that opportunity to to hear from all of these voices. In a book I was reading about running for council. There there was a, a piece from someone who had won their state senator position by Mm. just going and knocking on thousands of doors and uh, they said like approach it as if every person can teach you something and that's something i've always tried to to live by uh it's harder in some circumstances than others but it is something that every time i have just sat down and let someone teach me something um, i've always been really amazed by the connection and how much more information there is out there.
1: And it's almost <laughs> like what we were talking about before, like that the challenges with the internet is that you don't have those connections. Yeah. And so door knocking and attending events, um, it really allows it's, you. It's that the direct continue. opposite
2: yes. of that problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, going and seeing people's faces and making eye contact and shaking their hand yep. is so much more humanizing. Um, That's why I uh, have decided not to talk about my story coming out uh, online very much because in person people will listen and online they will not. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for discussing all of these issues today, Brooklyn. Uh, This is Melissa Bowman with Midtown Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: That was Melissa Bowman's conversation with Kitchener resident and city council candidate, Brooklyn Wallace. If you'd like to submit your own conversation, please feel free to reach out to us via email at midtownradiokw at gmail.com. Or you can always send us a message on Instagram. Our handle there is at midtownradiokw. For local conversations on demand, make sure you check out our website midtownradio.ca and tune in every Saturday morning at 11:30 for more Midtown Conversations. My name is Matt Rappelt and thanks so much for listening to KW's Hyperlocal Radio.